Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where I, Kim, and I, Amy, why do you use this weird grammar? It's so grammatically strange. (laughs) Where we? No, where I, Kim, and you, Amy, do, like, it's a hard... It's because you go, I, Kim, and then I'm like, I, Amy, (laughs) and that's where it gets weird. It's fine with you as the first person, but me having to go second... (laughs) I, Kim. And me, Amy? Me? <laughs> any rate, us, we. Us, Kim and Amy. Bring you. Maybe we could just go where Kim. And Amy? Don't say you like a question. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Hey, hi. It's us again, Kim and Amy. We're talking about some books. Why are we talking about some books, Kimberly? Because it's a jungle out there. <laughs> We're hoping to bring you your next romantic read. Yes, without all the fuss and bother of having getting halfway through a book and going, actually, this is not what I felt like. What, what a, a waste, waste of time. time. So, yes, today we are going to be discussing something slightly controversial. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we are going to be talking about My Brother Michael by... Mary Stewart. Great. Do you ever remember the authors? No, okay, I, I Google them. Okay. You're my Google of authors. Right. So, yeah, this is what we'll be talking about this week. And before we get into why it is controversial, I'm going to give the spoiler-free recap. Go for it. Okay. So, My Brother Michael is an older book. I think this is important. Yeah, it's set in the early 60s. Yes, and it was written... In the early 60s. Correct. So, again, she's my Google for those things. We follow our main protagonist, whose name I don't remember. Camilla. Thank you. And she has just recently broken off an engagement Mm. and was going to go on a big trip around Europe with her sister? Cousin. Great. They're just really good friends. And her cousin was unable to come. But... Camilla was like, I'm going anyway. So she's gone on this trip and is riding home to her cousin all the time. She's going on this big adventure. That's her kind of shtick is I want to have an adventure because she feels like she broke off her engagement with her fiancé because she felt like he was always the life of the party and while he was kind of this big, bright, burning son of a human, she felt like she always stood kind of on the periphery of his glow, essentially, and that if she married him, she would forever be a supporting character in his life Mm. rather than a star of her own. So she has gone on this adventure to find herself and work out who she is when she's out on this adventure by herself and is a little bit trepidatious about whether or not she actually can be her own protagonist or whether or not she was always a supporting character. Mm. Through a random set of events, she ends up driving a car to Delphi. Right. So I think it's important to say that this takes place in Greece because you haven't given a location Oh, yet. sorry. She was on a big trip. I felt like that was implied. Right. And Delphi is in Greece. But yes, okay. So she is doing this whirlwind tour of Europe, like an old-fashioned kind of grand tour. And at She's the in point Athens. we meet her, she is in Athens. And she wants to go... To Delphi, but she's also kind of on a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. So she's at this cafe. Someone runs in and is like, "Here's the car. Take it to Delphi." And she's like, "What?" And they're like, "Yeah, you know what to do. Bye." And runs away. <laughs> and so then she was like, "Oh my god! Now this person is probably in Delphi waiting for this car, but I'm the wrong person." So she decides to jump in, take this chance, grab fate and adventure by the horns. Drives this car up to Delphi, looking for a guy named. 
Simon. Great. They're all called Simon. Have you noticed this? There's a lot of Simons in romance novels. They're a Mormon. Whatever. So anyway... Oh yeah, Simon. Yeah, <laughs> the Duke and I. Yes, <laughs> the big Simon. There's the a lot internet. of Simon. Right. Uh, anyway, he's also named Simon. So she drives up to Delphi to try and find a guy named Simon who is waiting for this car, and apparently it is a matter of matter life, of life or, death. or death. So she gets up there and finds that just outside Delphi there is a small town. And she pretty much is like, hey, I think I have this car for a guy named Simon. And everyone's like, oh, you mean that guy? Because it's a tiny town and they all know who Simon is. So she meets Simon. And basically then the rest of – so it's a bit of a mystery is what kind of is the vibe all the way through the book. And ultimately what it becomes about is the titular Michael – my brother Michael, is Simon's brother, and he is in Delphi investigating the death of his brother who died there as a serviceman during the Second World War. Yeah. And he – it was kind of like weird circumstances, and Simon just really wanted to come – he feels like he kind of knows the whole story, but he just wanted to come and – I think reconnect, be in the place where his brother was last. And in the process of doing that, discovers that maybe everything is not the way he thought it was. And he starts an investigation into what really happened to his brother. And pretty much Camilla goes along with it really just because she's there and feels like she's in it now and is like, well, I kind of want to see my adventure through to the end. That's really her only motivation <laughs> for like, not getting on a bus and going home. It's your car. Pretty much. <laughs> and, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of it. So that why? Was, that was a good plot summary. I've read that then. book a lot of times and I didn't feel like I needed to interject except with names. Yeah, well, I don't remember names. And it was a while ago when I read it now. Before we get on to anything else, Amy. Would you recommend My Brother Michael? And importantly and honestly, why? Well, we in the spirit of full disclosure, this is a re-recording of this podcast episode. and Yeah, because the first recording was an argument that went for an hour. <laughs> and I was like, I can't edit that down completely. And it was Let's over Skype. I know. So it was bad. Like the audio was bad and we did nothing but fight for an hour. So, yes. It, I, was, a, it was a polite fight. Oh, yeah, it I, was a disagreement. So I'm really conscious I've got, like, that up past. That's why I'm saying, I've got that's why I'm saying honest. That's what honestly. that's about. Honestly, yeah. you have to tell honestly, us why Honestly, I love this book. It. I know you do. I would recommend this book. You did to me. I did recommend I it. it to you. And the reason that I would recommend this book is what I was incredibly challenged by last time. So I'm going to tell you what I said last time, which is it transports you to another place in time. And yeah. I find it a beautifully evocative story. It's first-person narrative, so you see the world and you particularly see this this beautiful location in Greece through Camilla's eyes. And It's very detailed Mary in its Stewart. description of yeah. Delphi. It's, very detailed. Like you can really picture yourself there. Yeah. Mary Stewart is incredibly good at that sort of evocative description. And I really, really, really enjoyed that. 
And the vibe of the place, like the character of Delphi. Yeah. And Delphi is a character. Like, if you've ever been there, and I had only recently been there. I when, think that's why I recommended it to yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. It was that, was, that, was the, that was the kind of selling point that you gave me. Yeah, it is. It's exactly, I can picture it. Her detail was phenomenal. I feel like she had to have been there two seconds ago mm. to have written it. And it did feel, it read like a love letter. It read so clearly. Like a love letter to Delphi and to that part of Greece. And it was, yeah, I, I do know what you mean about that. That was essentially my original reason for saying yes. If we boil it down, that's why I would recommend this book. And that is what you sold it to me as before I read it. That is what you said I should, why, that was the reason yeah. why you said I should read it. And then I said, Kimberly, this is part of the romance genre because it's considered, if you Google Mary Stewart, you will find that she is the creator of the romantic suspense genre. According so, to Google. No, no. According to more things than Google. Yeah, well, okay. Google, off- Google, like, relies on other things to come up with its opinion. Google doesn't – well, Google does have opinions. If Let's you, not even get okay, into that. If you read Mary Stewart's body of work, you would agree that it is the romantic suspense genre. But we're not reviewing Mary Stewart's body of work. No, but that's what I'm just okay. saying. It is considered to be – a combination of a suspense or mystery plotline plus a romance plotline. Can I ask you a question? Go for it. Would you now, so we have talked this to death, dear listener, you are getting the very end of this conversation because we weren't going to make you listen to a podcast that went for 700 hours. Would you still think, do you still feel it is a romance novel? So this is where I think I need to throw to you okay. and your opinion. Because I want you to answer original, that at the end, though, because yeah, out of I know, interest. I do, yeah, absolutely, okay, okay. because your what you said in our original lengthy argument was really valid. Yeah. But, right. And it made me actually think, in terms of, you know, the okay, genre right, that we're me, discussing. Okay. Yeah, okay, so let yeah. me go. Okay, right, so okay. you go now. You have to ask me. I don't just, oh, like, I have Kimberly, to be asked sorry. my opinion. I don't just offer Kimberly, it willy-nilly. What's your opinion in terms of recommending My Brother Michael by Mary Stewart? And you ever got my grammatical structure of sentences? Well, yours gets me every time. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough. It's really tough. I need to nail that better, don't I? Right. I, okay, this is complex. I have thought about this book a lot since reading it. Mm-hmm. When I finished reading it, I was... Not satisfied, very annoyed, would not have recommended it to anybody ever. Yes, and but, that was the point where we recorded the podcast. 100%. But over the time since then, I do feel like I could go back and read it again. Because it okay. is what you say. The Like, I I would love to go back and, and so distinctly remember my time in Greece. Mm. I had such a wonderful time in Greece. I loved Delphi. I loved Athens. I loved the people. So, yeah, I totally get that idea of transport me back to, like, 1950s adventure Delphi. I would love that. And I- that side of the book is terrific. The Her ability to not just capture the physical attributes of the location, but the way it feels to be somewhere so spiritual and so ancient and something that has been so important and such a central hub for such a long time. It's profound. I found Delphi, like I am a student of history. That's what I do. So am I. And And I am also a student of theatre and a student of... So I, I love, I love 
Greece and I loved going there. I So it was kind of almost a pilgrimage I'd for read me to this go. book before I even yeah, really knew I, about Delphi. Yeah, right. See, I read it so, I read it knowing about Delphi. For me, this book is very much about the location. Yeah. I also enjoy the mystery. Me too. I enjoy the quest and I also enjoy I their like relationship. Them. I like her as a character. I like the arc she goes on. Yes. I like... I like him as a character. Like I said in the spoiler-free recap, hers is really about this idea of can I be, can I be a protagonist in my own life? Mm. And given, so you put that alongside when you're, so, okay, when you were talking about independence, so when the female character's arc is about self-determination and independence. I see where you're going with I this feel now. like yeah. that is actually a really difficult arc to do successfully in the romance novel genre. Yes. okay. Because romance yeah. novel inherently is about pairing people up and so it becomes kind of like love is this sense of, you know, being a team and being a part of a team and whatever. But when you said it in the 1950s, it's very much about the woman being taken care of by a man. Even though so she wants to have a quest for independence, she so, still has to be. That's exactly. It still yeah, has to be at his kind of, he has yeah, to give her permission yeah. and support her and rah rah So for me, it's actually, her, yeah. her arc was incredibly satisfying. And he, at the end of it, is kind of, you know. Is, Vindicated. He's, he's like, his- he's like, dude, you are the, you're the you are the main character in your own story like you already are that stop questioning yourself just buy in have some faith and get out there and enjoy your life so here's the thing if you're reading it as that narrative if you are reading this book because so if you had said to me outside of the podcast yep hey, you should read this book. You've just been to Greece. This is a beautiful, like, depiction of Delphi, and it's a really cool adventure set in a really beautiful and moving landscape. The characters are pretty cool, and the mystery is pretty cool. Go have a read of it. I would have thoroughly enjoyed the book. Yeah, okay, so the problem is... The problem for me is this. Yes. You said it was a romance novel. Yeah. So I went into it, and also... Having particular genre expectations. Having genre expectations, and... When you want to read a romance novel, you want to read a romance novel, like, that's what you're in the mood for. There's nothing worse than going, I want to read an excellent murder mystery, and then you, you or the one that gets me all the time is, that sounds like an excellent sci-fi premise, I'm totally going to get in on that. And it turns out to be, like, a drama about a marriage or something, and I was like, oh, I watched dramas about marriages. But I, I bought I into the this. Premise. I bought I into the premise. the to the sci-fi. Yeah, um, and that so does get you all the time. That gets me all the time. You get burned by sci-fi. And, and I am like, this is not a sci-fi. It's just a marriage crisis set on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's ha- that's what happened for me in this book. Is I went into it thinking it was a romance, and then I kept waiting for the romance to happen. And here's the issue that we then had, dear listener reader. This is not a romance novel. So this being a romance podcast, I cannot recommend that you read it mm. based on the fact that it is a romance novel. Okay. And, and I think why. that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. And- here's why. Yeah. There was a moment for me, in apart from the fact that there is, like, they don't kiss. Not only do they not kiss, there's no real romantic attraction between them. Because at one point, he is topless. 
So at one point, mm. someone breaks into this house, this room, and she's there, and and then they're like trying to steal something, and he's he runs in because he's like hears the commotion, um, and he or she runs in, he's having a scuffle with someone, whatever. It's nighttime, and then the scuffle person is gone, and he has some kind of like manly injury that she has to tend because, of course, but he's topless, like he is just wearing. Slacks, like bedtime sleeping pants or whatever. Not slacks, that's weird. But you know what I mean? Like those flannel bottoms. And she, it's a passing comment. And for me, I was like, this isn't a romance novel. Because she doesn't even, it's first person narrative. It's first person narrative. So it's not like it just got missed and it wasn't talked about. She looks at him and is like, this is what he is wearing. It is just a description as you do every, like as a recount of what is happening. So it's not done with any kind of emotion or any kind of like, oh, it's so distracting that I'm kind of attracted to him and now he's not wearing any clothes and we're in this really intimate nighttime, he's injured and I have to help him situation. That sort of use of language to cue attraction. Yeah, absolutely. There was none of that. It was incredibly like, oh my God, what do you think they were after? Here, let me get a cloth. You fix that up. It was about the mystery. I'll clean this up. Don't step on that glass. Like- it was just about why the person yeah. had broken in. So I've thought about this as well, and I've also thought about it within the context of the other Mary Stewart novels that I've read. Yes, yeah, I haven't read know, any other Mary Stewart I keep coming back to that. She is classified as a romantic suspense genre. And in all of I'm the others – I'm not having a go at No, 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 no. <laughs> but that's just what I'm saying. I'm try- trying to reconcile that yeah. with our discussion of my brother Michael. And in the others, it's clear that some of them they kiss or – there's that sort of intimacy. Don't get me wrong. But Pride and Prejudice is a romance and they don't kiss in that. No, but it's So I'm clear, not saying they don't have to bow have, chickety wow wow. But we need to, to know clearly based on how the characters yes. interact and how maybe other characters might respond to them that they are going to end up together. Yeah, that's the idea. And that's that what it's about. I agree with you that that isn't clear at all in this novel. I would almost argue it doesn't by happen. the end of it. It probably doesn't happen. And if it does, if you, you could it's read a ways it. down it's a ways down the track. And I would almost I finished this book kinda hoping that it doesn't. I finished this book kind of being like, I really hope that you guys go on a bunch of cool adventures together. And be friends. And be really good friends. Yeah, and, and if I'd read it with that lens. If you'd read it looking for the romance, you would have been disappointed. Or I would have been potentially searching for subtext and trying to put on like a 1962 brain going, oh, is that a clue? Yeah, maybe. So I think that because I'm like, oh, you know, it wasn't the first Mary Stewart that I read and I read all yeah. of these others, so I I have been sort of uh, culturally inculcated or inured to expect that this is just what happens yeah, in her and I work, also think- therefore I just assume that because there's yes. these two characters that there is an implied romance. And, for instance, in the cave, uh, there's a moment they have in the cave that you could construe as intimacy. But yeah. you can also construe but then it as at the protection, very end, protectiveness. At the, yeah, but then yeah. and she's scared because it's scary. Yeah, so it, it and makes, then in the very very it's tricky, end, isn't it? when it's not. But then once they're out of the cave and none of that is happening, and it's all resolved, they pretty much finish it on like a kind of brotherly high five. Yeah, it's yeah. very much finished as like a at a girl. So and she's like, thanks, man. Like it's it's a great book. But it is problematic to classify it as a romance novel. And I think the reason it's problematic is because Mary Stewart, Mary Stewart? Yeah. 
was a very – because I did actually look into her after we had read this, right? And she was a very popular, very successful author in her day. Mm-hmm. And successful authors at that point in our history – were romance writers if they were women. Right. So you think that she might have been- I think that it was just a case of going, if you say to someone, what does Georgette Heyer write? She writes romance novels. But But if you read all of her novels, they're not all romance novels. Like she has a bunch that are murder mysteries. The murder mysteries. And And Helen, Helen is not a romance novel. Likewise, Mary Stewart was also really well known for writing Arthurian fantasy novels. Yeah. And some kids' novels. So I just think romances. Yeah, I just think that this one has been lumped in with this is her romance. This is one of her romance to classify people in genre exactly. And I think this one is not that. Mm, Okay, that's so. Yeah, I can I can accept this is this is a good space. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I do think that the further away from like the further away from reading it, I get the more likely I am to go back and read it again without the lens of it's a romance novel because it is a great, it's a great book. I really enjoyed all of the aspects we've talked about and I would love to, when there's been enough space, go back and have a reread Mm. and see how I feel about the characters and their interactions removing entirely the expectation that they end up together or that they are a couple in any way, shape or form. I feel Mm. like I should have given you this rough magic or You keep saying that, but I got burned. Yeah, I know, because you're like, but it wasn't a romance novel and you missold it to me. You did, and I was totally, I was like, I'm so in the mood for a great romance novel. And you, it was a bad recommend, Amy. It was bad. I know, yeah, but I should have picked, I picked the wrong one. But I look. I really I was, like, enjoyed Greece, the Delphi. The Delphi. I really thing. enjoyed the Delphi thing. I really did. Going just, with yeah. the mm. travel description. So I guess mm. to summarize this, if if you need a break from romance novels and you're not currently able to travel, that's true. This is dangerous waters, though. I've wanted to talk about lots of books, and you're like, that's not a romance novel. We're not allowed to talk about it on because the we had the my brother Michael argument that's last true. year during COVID lockdown via Skype. That's true. This has been brewing for a year. <laughs> this has been a year in the in the recording, this podcast, that's true. Um, so if if that's how you're feeling, thanks, guys. I've read all these romance novels. Need a bit of a pause because sometimes we need a bit of a pause. Mm. Want to armchair travel, want, like, quality writing, read My Brother Michael. But if you're expecting – a it's romance not novel. a 1960s romance novel. Don't like it's read not. My Brother Michael. No. Yeah. Okay. It's not a romance at all. But it's well written and it's good. I treasure it as a book. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not. Jury's out for me. Yeah. I'd have to do a reread. Yeah. Oh. We might both do rereads. And I'll, you'll have, like, my hat on and I'll have your hat on. And yeah. we'll reread it through be, these different lenses yeah. and then we'll post our thoughts on our Twitter or something. That's a great idea. All right. I think that's all we have now. We've, I, we, that's that was concise. a lot less than an hour. It was. Well done, us. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining us once again. In this uh, we will will... end in a bit of self-congratulation. Well done. Yeah, well done, us. That's a great way to end everything. <laughs> we should just end well everything done. like that. Well done, you. Well done, I. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you again next time on Trash or Treasure. Oh, oh, for whatever. another episode of What's With Your Grammar 
Thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time for another episode of Trash Trash or or Treasure. And until then, happy reading. Bye. And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.